Welcome to the Rooted Wings podcast. This is the table of the resistance. You are welcome here. Pull up a chair. Hey, Rooted Wings community. Let me know if you can hear me when you get on here. I am really looking forward to tonight's live. Um, I am bringing on in just a minute here, um, oh, I see him, he's joined. Um, I'm going to be bringing on Jeff Burmeister. He is an LA firefighter, 16 years as a part of a firefighter and a paramedic. He has a ton of experience and he is a sitting board member of Firefighters for Freedom. And he is going to come on and talk about everything going on in LA and how this is spreading throughout other cities and counties in California. And then he's going to tell you what they are doing about it. So I am going to bring him on right now. I'm so to you guys meeting him. And again, this is Jeff Burmeister. Hey, Jeff. Hi. Can you hear me How okay? How are you? I can hear you. Can you hear me good? Yep. Good. Awesome. We're dialed in. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Um, I mean, I speak for myself, but also all the board and all the members that um, thank you for giving us this, uh, this platform. We really appreciate it. Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm honestly so excited and pumped. I read through your whole lawsuit about an hour ago, good. and I'm, I nerd out on these things. So I'm like, this thing is so good. I'm yeah. so excited about it. And you're going to share a lot about that in a little bit. But um, first, I want to just kind of get your intro for those who don't know you. Um, could you share who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, obviously, my name is Jeff Burmeister. Um, I've been a member of the LA City Fire Department for 16 years, um, firefighter, paramedic for them. And um, I mean, we, I, that's, that's my, my entire job title is firefighter paramedic and uh, been serving the city of Los Angeles for, again, over 16 years now and hope to be able to do so in the future. Yeah, I bet you do. Um, tell us a little bit about Firefighters for Freedom because you are a sitting board member and what is Firefighters for Freedom? What is it all about? Um, tell us a little bit about that. Okay, um, well, we're uh, an entire three weeks old now at this point. Um, so uh, it's obviously all very new for us. And I know I speak for all the rest of the board members. When we never thought we'd be in this position at all. Um, it really just kind of came together, I guess, organically, you could say. Um, at my specific assignment, when the city ordinance came out um, about the vaccine mandate, uh, we had a smaller group that was deciding that, hey, we'd we don't want to go along with this. We're not okay with this. And so we were trying to put together how in our small group, we were going to kind of resist. And then um, we started hearing about other members in the department that were kind of organizing. And so we decided to kind of join all of our efforts together. And um, then we kind of set up a, a communication structure, a little bit like what we have at the fire station. And it kind of helped us get information down to the members and then members that had questions, get them all the way up to us. And I mean, it just, we were just laughing a couple of days ago that three weeks feels like it's been three years, but it's, it's really so brand new. Um, it's just kind of a crazy ride right now that we're going through. I didn't realize you guys were only three weeks 
Yeah. 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 Three weeks. Because <laughs> you guys have gotten your act together in three weeks, which is really encouraging for this community um, as you go into what you guys have done so far to see how much you can accomplish in such a little bit of time. I mean, you guys are um, you guys are moving some mountains out in L.A. And we know that what happens on L in L.A. spreads to San Diego and then it goes from there. So um, what, what was it that motivated you to get this thing off the ground? Like, what was the final push? I know the injection mandate came down, but were you talking to some of your fellow firefighters and you guys came to the decision, like, we need to formally make an organization versus, like, uh, we're going to just walk out? What was it that made you decide we're going to create a kind of like a coalition to stand against this? Um, you know, that's a, good, that's a good question. I think, um, I don't know, I think, for better or for worse, our profession is is looked upon differently than, than other professions. Um, you know, we are in the public eye a little bit more. And so I think we're, we're trying a little bit to use that platform to kind of inspire others. And then being the city of Los Angeles, again, for better or for worse, we get a lot of media coverage, be it negative or positive. Um, so those two things kind of helped us have maybe a little bit more voice than, than other organizations. Um, but I think, I think personally for a lot of us, it was just, um, it just felt like the last stripping away kind of of our, of our freedoms. And we felt like we were right on the edge of a cliff where mm -hmm. if we acquiesce, acquiesce to this, then we've kind of given up a lot of our personal liberties and it's really hard for us to get them back. And so I think a lot of us realized that this was kind of the hill for us mm -hmm. to die on, so to speak. Like this was the chance to go all in and to, to try to try to make a stand. So. Yeah, I mean, we're we're on the precipice here with with everything that's coming coming down. And it is uh, totally infringing upon so much that our country is founded on. So you're right in saying we just felt like it's now or never, you know, yeah. we have, we have to do something now. Why don't you um, kind of go through what actually is happening in LA city? I know that there's a lot of confusion from, um, you know, just people who think that this might be coming from California versus this is a city council. Can you kind of go through right. that? So people know what, what is really happening out in LA. Yeah. So the specifics for us, um, we the reason that our lawsuit was filed kind of before a lot of other organizations is because Los Angeles came out pretty early on. I think it was August 19th or 20th, somewhere around there. They passed mm -hmm. an ordinance stating that all um, not not just firefighters, not just police, but all city workers were to be vaccinated because the city council's goal was, quote, to have a vaccinated workforce. That was their entire goal. Um, so they, they came out with it very early on. And um, so, so that got the kind of the ball rolling for us. And so we at LA city firefighters are specifically under the ordinance that the, the city council and the mayor have, have come up with. So it's different than the county, the LA County ordinance It's different than what San Diego may be, might be under. It's different than what San Francisco might be under. Um, we are specifically under the, the LA city, uh, the Los Angeles city ordinance. Um, and so that's why our lawsuit is specifically brought in LA um, superior court, because we are going against the city of Los Angeles mandate. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And I looked over exactly what it is that they are, um, that they passed. So it was a 13 to zero vote. Yeah. That's, I mean, 
I, I have no words. And it was the LA City Council. And this um, has been now replicated. I was looking at other cities who have passed sim very similar uh, mandates. They're not laws. And these are the city of Pasadena, Berkeley, San Francisco, San Jose. Um, down here, we have Coronado, Encinitas. And then just a few hours ago, the city of Del Mar uh, just just uh, approved this. And it's uh, looking like it's pretty standard throughout all of these cities that there is no option for negative testing, which I even have issues with that. I don't think that should even be like, you shouldn't be mandated to have to test for something. But right. um, that being said, that's a personal opinion. Um, th these mandates don't even give that option. So I was looking through the actual write-up from LA City to see what all this thing is about. And it's a beast. Right. But yeah. what I thought was really interesting is that um, it says that the city shall continue to collect and regularly report employees' injection status as long as such data is deemed necessary and useful. Booster shots may be required in accordance. And then uh, this was the part that I thought was, it just struck me, is beginning October 5th, any employee who is not fully injected shall be required to complete an online injection training course administered by the personnel department. The city will continually assess the need for such training. Right. How, how is this not coercion? What are your thoughts on all of this? No, um, my, well, not just my reaction, but a lot of us, our reaction when the ordinance came out and we read through it was the same reaction, almost jaw dropping. And they even had a clause in there that said, you know, depending on your vaccine status, we may not be able to promote or transfer. I mean, there was a lot of, um, mm -hmm. it, it just almost felt like a retaliation type of measures in there or very punitive measures in there. Um, and, and like you said, as you read through the ordinance more, it just, it, it's the overreach um, is is breathtaking. And not only are they mandating this just for city workers, but it's, it's also mandated for any contractors that do work with the city. So, you know, if you're an outside company, but you happen to have like a landscaping service that does something with the city building, like all of your employees are now required to be vaccinated to do work with the city. And for a lot of businesses, those are really big accounts. And so um, it puts a lot of people, it, the the scope of the the ordinance is, is very far reaching, especially in a city this size. It is very far reaching. Um, I noticed that in this, they do allow some, some budge room for uh, medical or religious exemptions, but those were due mm. by September 7th. Yeah. Um, so we're past that date. Do you know how yeah. those have been received? So I, I just, I actually not just myself, our entire organization at Firefighters for Freedom, we have very kind of strong opinions about the, the exemptions in general. And our guidance to any department or anything that's going through this is actually not even to, to try to go down that, that rabbit hole. And the yeah, reason I'd I love for you to, can you share about that? Because this is yeah. also a passion of mine. Um, right. So I would love for you to talk more about why you guys aren't leaning into that, that offering of exemptions. Right. So the, the, some of the issues that we have with exemptions, for example, San Francisco was one of the earliest fire departments to go under any kind of a, a vaccine mandate. And unfortunately, what happened for them is they had such few members, they didn't represent a high enough percentage of the department. So they were kind of exposed, if you will, they were they became much more expendable because they didn't have a high enough percentage that that were willing to make a stand. Um, but of all the exemptions, religious and medical, there weren't any, to my knowledge, that were accepted. So um, 
regardless of the fact that a lot of them aren't being accepted, um, what we have a problem with is you're still relinquishing control. You're still mm -hmm. relinquishing your personal freedom. You're still asking permission to uh, a city that is overreaching their boundaries. And, and by doing that, it almost feels like you're validating their ordinance. And we don't even wanna do that. Like that's not even our goal at all. And so we have almost 550 members now that are on board with our suit. And so let's say for example, you had a hundred of them get some kind of exemptions. Well, now it's the divide and conquer strategy, right? You have a hundred that are quote unquote exempt. Now you have 400, now you have a little bit more that could possibly be uh, expendable. And for each department, those numbers change. So if you have a 30% membership um, that are willing to make a stand, and then all of a sudden 15% of them get, or, you know, half of your group gets exemptions, well, now you've just cut the group in half, and now the city can possibly make moves against you. So what we're trying to advise all these departments and all these other companies that are coming up against this is stay together, don't worry about the exemptions, and try to try to force your, your company's hand, try to get enough people that are going to make a stand where you, you put your company in a very bad position and let some of the bigger entities like ourselves and some others that are going with litigation, try to try to hold out until the litigation can play out and see if mm -hmm. we can strike down some of this as unconstitutional. Yeah, I'm, I'm right on board with you with exemptions. And that's a big reason why I don't push them. Um, out in California, we've seen what's happened with exemptions, especially for school kids. And we lived through that a few years ago with SB 276 and 714. And parents had relied upon, like you're saying, like you almost allow um, mandates. And so you lean into exemptions. Well, then exemptions are pulled out from underneath you and you've lost so much ground in the fight that you don't have any way to fight back anymore. And I see that becoming a massive problem with going forward with all of these mandates coming down as well, especially if you have a city like LA that's saying, hey, we want 100% of the right. workforce injected. Well, right. how does that jive with exemptions then? Because you're right. still gonna have those exemptions that are, like you said, are gonna chip into that. Um, so it sets the stage for either exemptions being revoked or um, for there to be further coercion and punishment. And that's even, I've seen that word come up in a lot of these uh, from cities where they, they are looking at making you as uncomfortable as possible until you comply, which is yeah. definition coercion. Correct. Yeah. And so uh, just another thing that with, with the exemptions is there's a lot of, there can be a lot of time that the exemptions are very tedious and they're, um, they, they take a lot of time and they take a lot of research to go through. And unfortunately, they're, they're mostly futile because, like you said, uh, the department that is issuing the mandate or the ordinance already has a bias to get the whole workforce vaccinated. And so their initial bias is going to be to deny as many of them as possible. And so we see a lot of organizations starting to waste a lot of their time, unfortunately, trying to go down, like we said, go down that rabbit hole. And then they get denied and now they're up against the 11th hour and they don't have a lot of other options. And so uh, we just feel like that is not, and again, you're, you're validating something that shouldn't even be validated at all. Like there should be no, um, there should be no authenticity given to what they're trying to do. And so we're trying to not just get exemptions for ourselves. We're, we're trying to strike it down completely on constitutional grounds. Yeah. And that's why I love what you guys are doing. I, I think what you're doing is powerful and it also will set case precedents going forward. Um, talk to me a little bit going a little bit off of the topic of the actual lawsuit, which I want to get back to, but um, you were on the front lines all last year. Um, 
how did that inform your position on the freedom of choice and this novel injection and the threat of this virus? And then I want to just say one thing as you're thinking about that is um, COVID data for LA County as of September 11th, and this was in your suit, which I was super excited to see, 25.3% decrease in cases and 26.14% decrease in new hospital admissions as of September 11th. So just with all of that, I'd love to hear from you as a frontline firefighter all through last year when everyone was hiding away at home, (laughs) how that experience and what you saw informed your position now where you are saying, I want to choose and I don't want to be forced into this given everything I have seen and know. Um, uh, that's a good question. And I think it's not just myself. It's, it's most of the members that are in our suit. And I think honestly, this is why if you look at, I've seen some numbers out of San Diego, I've seen a lot of first responder agencies in general that have really low department vaccination statuses. And I think one of the reasons for that is when you sign on for our job, when you sign on for a job as a police officer, you sign on for certain jobs, even DWP, some of the line workers, you, you, inherent you inherit a certain risk with with the job and you know that there is risk when you go to work each day it's different than maybe some other professions and so for us and for a lot of people the risk of this virus versus the flu season versus any of the other viruses not to mention physical hazards that we come into contact with every day it's just another risk that we assume as part of going to work every single day and 19 months ago when I was driving to work and it was like a bomb had gone off and no one was on the road, there was a lot of fear and there, there was a lot of unknowns about this virus. But we weren't working remotely. Um, we, we weren't staying at home, taking sick time or whatever else. We, we went to work every single day like we have our entire careers, despite the huge amount of unknowns, despite very little information that we had about it. And now that we've been living with this for 19, 20 months, again, in our lawsuit, you saw that like uh, over a third of our department actually had COVID at some point. Mm -hmm. So, so the um, unknown, the fear of the unknown is not there as much anymore. And now a lot of our members are making a calculated um, decision to say, you know, versus getting the contracting the virus versus vaccination, I want to make my own choice in the matter. And Mm -hmm. so I think when you assume a certain amount of risk in your job each day, um, I think you are able to make a certain calculated risk about your own body. And that is kind of what we're, that's kind of what we're alleging even in our lawsuit. That's what we're talking about is, Hey, we, we went out there and we worked through this when there wasn't a lot going on. And at this point we feel like we've earned the right to decide for ourselves what goes into our body. I think that's such a great answer, you know, and it is in your lawsuit that you guys earned the right to decide, you know, you were there on the front lines, you saw everything that could be seen. And with that, you are entitled to make a decision based on what's going to go in your body. You know, I, I, you nailed it with talking about risk and risk benefit and considering everything at play. Um, The VAERS data as of August 31st, 2021 shows 477,447 adverse reaction reports. Obviously, you can't say that every single one was for certain caused by, but that's still data that's um, at play. The stats included um, 
We had 6,112 deaths, 7,829 life-threatening illnesses, 28,035 hospitalization. And these are obviously really sobering numbers um, and need to be taken into the conversation as we are considering a mandate that's going to affect all of the firefighters and all of our first responders in cities all throughout California. And I know you made this, I think it was in your lawsuit, but we're going into peak fire season in California. This is when California burns down. So what, what are your thoughts about the timing of all of this and with everything that we are seeing in theirs and mandating something that we know has inherent risk on our all our frontline workers what 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 are your thoughts on that um well i i have to double check because that was those were the numbers in the vares when our lawsuit was filed and i think i saw something a week ago or so i think they just updated it and the numbers have jumped dramatically so i think oh, they're wow. even higher than what's in our lawsuit which i mean just reinforces your point mm-hmm. um but I, I think unfortunately i think it's a it's an irresponsible choice that the city has made to go all in on this and again we allege it in our in our lawsuit that they're they're playing politics unfortunately even by the we want to have a quote vaccinated workforce it it already gives away all of their bias and i think that they're playing a dangerous game because if they decide to go through with this ordinance and we have our entire group you know stay strong 550 members out of 3000 and and a lot of our members aren't even in in the field so i mean you're talking about a 20% hit 25% hit to our actual operations and there's no way that our department can function like that we're already understaffed we already have company closures every day um and we are barely making staffing work as it is right now if we lost 20 percent, the department would implode on itself it wouldn't be able to function and it's not just our department i i just want to bring up i have a good friend that works for beverly hills fire department and they're obviously a much smaller department and they're under a september 30th deadline and they have like 30 percent of their membership that's making a stand like we are um, but they just don't have the overall they're not as big of a department and so they have much more limited resources and so they're right up against the the um, 11th hour. And so Beverly Hills stands to lose 30% of their fire department in a 10 days from now. And the fact that city council members are okay with this um, is shocking, to be honest with you. Yeah, it seems like it's like Russian roulette, roulette, you know, it's like, we're playing games, but we're playing games with the people who are going to be out there who we need. I mean, we need everybody, but our frontline workers are so important in our society. And we're just going to mandate that they all undertake an injection experiment. The thing is not, it's still in trial phases until at least 2023. Yeah. You know, I, it just, it sounds very, um, it, it just feels extremely dangerous in the yeah. games that are being played right now. Okay, let's talk about this dang lawsuit. So we've kind of skirted around it, but I want you to talk about the basis of the arguments that are in this complaint and then um, what, uh, what you guys are hoping is going to be the outcome of, of this lawsuit you guys filed. Sure. Um, well, our, our lawsuit is basically filed um, on a constitutional grounds. And so what that means is this is different than something that a union would negotiate with the city under labor laws. We're, we're actually bringing a lawsuit filed under 
the constitutionality of this ordinance saying that this this violates specifically the California Constitution. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to get this overturned basically on, on constitutional grounds, which is a little bit different than other people are, are going about it, other ways that they're going about it. Um, and so our hope is essentially that um, with this lawsuit, the first thing that we filed for is a temporary restraining order. And so what that hopefully is going to do is essentially hit the pause button and allow us to have some breathing room until our, our legal team can do a preliminary trial. And the, the point of a preliminary trial is to basically be able to hit the pause button longer on this ordinance until our entire uh, trial can play out. And so those are kind of the steps that we're going through right now with our lawsuit. We're, we're, we filed the complaint, and in the next 10 days, we'll be filing for a temporary restraining order. And the idea of that temporary restraining order is to give us a, basically a pause until our preliminary trial can play out. And then the preliminary trial will buy us enough time to get all the way through our full trial. And that will give us enough time to litigate this to the full extent. And I mean, we have spoken to our lawyers because there's always a chance of a settlement, right? The city always wants to maybe save face. And so if they see that this is starting to get unpopular, they see this pushback from their employees, they might say, hey, okay, everybody involved in this lawsuit, we're going to give you guys a grandfather clause. We're going to exempt you from this. And let's just forget about it and move on. Mm. And we've been very clear with our legal team that that's not what we're interested in. This is not like a self-serving interest for anyone in our group. We're here to basically, we want to chop the head off of this. We want this to be unconstitutional. We don't want this to go on because it's not just about us. We're, we, you know, most of us have families. We're trying to fight for future generations and for other departments out there. And we're, we're really trying to um, make this a bigger issue than just about the people in this lawsuit. And so we want this to go all the way. We want to get a full decision. We, we want this to be ruled unconstitutional. We want this overturned. I am so proud of you and I'm so thankful for you. We need real men like you coming in and holding the line and refusing to retreat. I'm, I'm just, oh, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for what you guys are doing and especially that you're just, you're running with this thing. Like you are boots to the ground and you're in real time, you're making this happen. How the heck did you get the amazing legal team that you have? I mean, you have, you have some names. So how, yeah. how did you, how did you do that? Um, it's, it's just, it seems like a lot of the rest of this, it's like the, the snowball effect. Um, our, our main attorney, uh, Kevin was referred to me by a friend because he had brought a, a lawsuit, um, against the pharmacology company a pharmaceutical company that um, was trying to mandate vaccines for their workforce. And he was able to get an injunction for them and there's no decision on it yet, but it showed that he was willing to at least try to stand up to this in, in the court of law. And so I had been in touch with him and we didn't really have any legal standing until the city came out with um, this ordinance. But then once this ordinance came out and the vaccine mandate was required, now we figured out we had legal standing. So we brought Kevin on board. And as this thing has grown, we have obviously gotten more attention. And our, our attorney has realized that there's a lot of ways that we need to fight this. And so we've gotten more publicity and we've gotten more people to sign on to our cause. And so obviously we've been fortunate enough to have um, Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, sign on and, and use his name which is awesome. And uh, we were able to pick up our other attorney from San Diego. And so it's, it's building and it, there's not a lot of lawyers that are willing to take cases like these right now. 
Um, one, because they're a little bit unpopular. And two, because they're not just doing litigation. They have to fight a, ma a big PR battle also. And so we're trying to do some of that for them. Um, but this is a big this is a big step for them as well as, as attorneys. And, and someone like I mean, RFK Jr. is obviously used to this. Um, but for someone maybe not of that stature, that's not normal for them. And so we've been very fortunate to have a legal team that is willing. And obviously, if you've read the complaint, very, um, you know, they're, they're uh, very competent. So yeah, the, the I do encourage everyone to take the time to read this complaint. It is gold. And especially for you parents who are watching this and you might feel like you don't have words to fight back with. Or if you're an employee and you feel like you don't know what to say to your employer, even if you just skim this complaint, uh, it is, it's well worth the read and you can find it really easily on firefighters for freedom uh, website. And I will repost this and everything's going to be linked below. Um, but this complaint I think is just it's beautiful it's very comprehensive comprehensive it's very strong it doesn't kind of you know it doesn't tiptoe it's very direct with um, the the VAERS data the concerns of mandating this and then all of the constitutional aspect I love that it pulls in the California Constitution and how our right to privacy is even more secured in the California Constitution than in the US Constitution so there's just a lot of elements about this complaint that are so powerful and will set case precedents too for uh, all of these other cities and counties that are trying to pull the same thing. Do, do you know if this would affect um, people who are outside of city employment? So you have, you know, the Biden's mandate, which is if you have more than 100 employees, then they all have to get the injection. Would this be considered case precedence if someone is going to sue um, the administration? Do you know, have your attorneys told you like what the hopes of this, how the, it could carry out even further than just city employees? Well, I think what we're trying to do is the first part of this lawsuit is going to be filed against um, the city of Los Angeles. And then uh, the secondary action for us might possibly be to start to bring in other um, public agencies, that, you know, sheriffs and Department of Corrections and um, DWP, whoever else. We may possibly be building a much bigger lawsuit to file with the state next. Um, we're still trying to figure that out. Um, but depending on how this is ruled, I mean, this is one of the first pieces of litigation specifically kind of um, addressing this vaccine mandate. And so, as you know, like the court system works off of case precedent. And so if there's any overlap in our case with another employer vaccine mandate, then that can start to be used as case precedent by a judge. And so, um, you know, that's, that's our hope is to, yeah. you know, again, we're not just trying to do this for us. We really are trying to give other people out there hope because we're, we're fortunate in that we were willing to have over 550 people make a stand. Uh, but there's a lot of other agencies. There's a lot of other private companies where people are kind of on an Island and they don't represent that overall percentage and they're really stuck. And, um, it's, it's really sad. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, my hope is that this can, overturn some of that for, for some people. Yeah, I'm thankful to just of your your whole vision, you know, that this isn't just about you and temporary relief, but this is really about 
our freedoms as Californians and Americans being massively infringed upon and how this is going to shake out for our children and for others who might not have the support that you have, you know, with 500 plus people signing on. Um, so I'm so thankful that you are thinking outside of just your narrow vision. You know, um, you're a warrior and I'm very thankful for you. I have questions that came in from the audience. So yeah. are you willing to answer um, some of these? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's go. Until, we'll I, until I hear him, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you told me yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, uh, okay, how many firefighters have signed on to this lawsuit? Yeah, so when we was, was filed, I think we were at like four, uh, 515, 520, somewhere around there. And we've continued to add more. And I think the, the latest number is around 550, maybe a little bit more. And so what we're allowed to do in the court is we're allowed to go back and amend basically our plaintiff list the judge will allow us an amendment of our plaintiff list. And, and we're able to do that once, maybe twice. So we're still able to add a few more from our department. And so our goal is to, if we can hit somewhere close to 600 total by the end, that would, that would be great. Was this uh, pretty much word of mouth or how did you get those 500 plus people to jump <laughs> on? Well, anybody that knows anybody in a fire station knows that it's like, it's like high school. It's like the gossip mill. And so once you get a, like a juicy rumor going around, it kind of spreads through the department really fast. Um, but what we tried to do was, and I had talked about it earlier, we tried to get a structure in place where we have our board members um, and our department is broken down into battalions and the battalions have a certain number of stations inside of each battalion. And so for each battalion, we tried to have at least one battalion steward and they kind of got the information from us and their job was to pass it down at the station level. And then anybody guys that had questions at the station would ask the stewards and then they would ask it to us. And so we tried to develop these lines of communication that didn't rely solely on apps because they can be shut down, they can be, mm -hmm. you know, censored. And so by getting a word of mouth communication line, it's it's really helped us. Um, and it was a little bit slow to start and there was a lot of miscommunications at start. Um, but once we kind of ironed it out and we got our communication down, uh, we've really seen a big jump in our membership over the last week and a half. So. I mean, it's three weeks. You have 550 yeah. plus. If other uh, people are watching this who would want to jump in, is this, you'd have to be LA Fire City Fire Department. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's only for uh, Los Angeles City active members. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I guess you, get, you just answered this, but what has the response been regarding this lawsuit from firefighters and paramedics? Overall, it sounds, um, sounds pretty positive if you've got over 500. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. And in our department, you know, there's a, there's a, we, we have a lot of support and we have people that don't agree with what we're doing, unfortunately. Um, but you know, this isn't the time to, to really worry about what other people think about you. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, you're right. You're in the battle. You don't need yeah. to be looking at the sidelines. You, you're not going to make friends with everyone right now. No, no. And you got to do what you know is right and stand on the right side of history, which is what you're doing. What support is needed now from the public for you? Uh, that's a good question. So you had mentioned our website, um, firefighters, the number four freedom, and you can use either .org or .com, either one works. Um, but basically, anyone that's been in any kind of protracted legal battle knows that it's it, a lot of it comes down to funding, unfortunately. Um, so all the donations that come into our website are going to be used towards our legal fees. Um, so donations always help. Um, on our Instagram page, we have links to how to get our apparel. Um, and all the proceeds from our apparel is going to go to um, our, our legal fees as well. And so um, we should be shipping those out this week. So a couple of different ways, uh, m donations. And, and honestly, 
spreading the word through Instagram. Our Instagram account has blown up, you know, thanks to you and a few other people really helping us out. Um, but this is, I had talked about it earlier. This is, yes, this is a, a court battle, but it's also a PR battle also. And so the more support we have, the more attention that this gets, um, that puts pressure on the city council because the city council is only as strong as public opinion. Mm-hmm. And they're in their little echo chamber and they think that this is the best thing that they've ever done. And then all of a sudden they are not ready for the, the pushback that's come from all of these agencies and they're scrambling a little bit. And mm-hmm. so if they start to feel the public opinion eroding, then they're, they're only as strong as their last polls, unfortunately, you know. And that's why social media is so powerful. So donate and then share this video and then share what he is doing from his Instagram from his Instagram so that that Instagram goes viral. And that is public opinion is a, a very strong tool to use in this battle. So yeah. that's, those are three things that we can do and buy, um, buy your apparel. I can't wait yeah. to get mine. I'm excited yeah. to get mine. Uh, <laughs> do you have strategy to build this movement with other firefighters across other counties? So we are in talks with LA County fire department, which I know it's a little bit confusing if you're not in the area, but there's two big departments. There's the LA city department, which we have about 3000 members. And then there's LA County, which I forget it's five or 6,000. They have quite a bit more than we do, but they do the rural rural areas outside of us. And so we do have plans to bring them on board our organization as like a subgroup and they'll be filing more, more than likely a separate lawsuit because they're under a County mandate. So a little bit different, Um, But right now, as far as our legal team goes, we'll have L.A. City with their lawsuit and L.A. County with a separate lawsuit. Um, And then we had talked about a possible phase two where after we get some kind of injunction with our specific mandate, then we're going to possibly try to bring on a lot of other agencies and make it a really big lawsuit that might have some long reaching uh, litigation effects. So. Well, keep me in the loop when you're when you guys are actually penciling that out. I would like to support you guys with all the work. You're doing such good work and I am a huge fan and completely supportive of your cause. So you're fighting for my kids is how I view it. So I like I am so strongly in support of you and in donating toward what you're doing and buying your apparel and getting <laughs> your name on the lips of as many people as I can. Um, are you prepared to suffer consequences? Because we, I think that tends to be a fear in when, as people move forward in holding the line and being the resistance, you start to see that consequences are real. Are you guys prepared for any consequences that could come down? Sure. Um, I mean, so there's two parts I want to answer that. One is we've already seen some of it out in the field right now in that we go into someone's house and they're asking for our vaccination status and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this, there's this, erroneous assumption out there that all unvaccinated people are just carriers of all disease. And so one of the things that we're trying to clear up with our group specifically is that um, we, we take measures so that we don't get infected from the public, but those, those same measures also protect the public from us. And one of the balancing acts is we realize that the city has a, a balancing act. They have to protect the public, but, but they also have to, give us freedom of choice. And mm-hmm. so we have all sorts of ways to keep the public safe. We have PPE, personal protective equipment. We use body substance isolation. So, and that's been in place long before COVID. And, um, and we've always assumed that kind of risk. And we've always been a, a, 
a somewhat a vehicle of transmission, right? Even during the mm -hmm. flu season or whatever, you, you have people in yeah. your home that are going to the hospital that are doing all this stuff. But we also have a, a risk of taking that home to our family. And we've assumed that risk and, and we're okay with that. But one of the things that we're trying to say is just because we're like an unvaccinated employee, maybe we already have had COVID or maybe we keep ourselves super physically fit and we trust our, our body's own immune system. Um, there's a lot of other reasons and we're not generally speaking, in a high-risk category for COVID. And so we, we try to keep the, the public safe there as, as much as we can. And then um, what was the second part of your question? I got a little like, sidetracked. No, 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 that's all good. There was a second um, part of it. Yeah, consequences. Are, oh, are you prepared it. for any, um, you know, consequences that could right. arise from this if, <clears throat> if it doesn't go through? And sure. I actually forgot to ask you earlier, but are you guys prepared to see this all the way if you have to continue on, right? If it gets struck down at first and you have to continue the process. So I guess both of, that's a twofold yeah. question. Consequence yeah. and then how far will you take this lawsuit? Right. So again, what we're trying to do is we're trying to show people strength in numbers, right? 550 people. It's a big chunk of our over 3,000 members. And it puts the city in a really bad position. So we want to go to work every day. We, we love our jobs. We're very fortunate. We have a great career. Um, none of us are thinking about walking away from the job. None of us are thinking about quitting. We just want to continue to go to work each and every day. And for I can speak for most of us is that they will actually have to physically remove us off of the job uh, in order to, to, to have us stop. And I think the optics of that, of, of actually being physically removed off the job, would just be terrible for the city mm -hmm. council. But... I know a lot of us um, feel like this is this is a lot bigger than our careers. And so um, if it comes down to it and this is not successful, I know a lot of us are just willing to walk away because it's just not worth it. And um, I walk away is not the right term. Be terminated. And mm -hmm. then we'll, we'll take it from there. Um, but I think if you're not willing to go all the way, if you're not willing to to be terminated over this position, then I think you really need to kind of look at yourself in the mirror because there's not really any bigger issue to your personal freedoms that have ever come up in our lifetime. And this is like we talked about, you're, you're standing right on the cliff. If you give mm -hmm. this up, you're going to be in it for endless booster shots and whatever mm -hmm. else the government wants, wants you to do. And so we're, we're trying to secure our personal freedoms now through this. And it's important. Oh, I love hearing you say that you're going to stand there and they're going to have to come take you away. That I think is, I was talking to some leaders out in San Diego earlier today, and I feel like that's where we're headed. I think that the rallies have been good. I think that the board meetings have been fine, but I think we're quickly approaching that place where we are, we need to stand our ground and say, yeah. you're not, you're, you're not making me not leaving. Yeah not going to do it. I don't consent. I'm non-compliant and I'm not leaving and make me. Yeah. If we I, all no, I, did I that. Yeah. I think if we all did that, we would see, um, the cowards cower. I think yep. we have a lot of people drunk on power and they are drunk on power because we have been nice and well-mannered and complying for so long. And they know they can push us around and play bully. And how do we respond to bullies? We say, no, no, yeah. you're abusing your power. And I'm not going to comply. I don't consent. And we do that as we're doing the legal process that you are doing. So I am just, Jeff, so thankful for you. You are a hero to so many. Um, I do have one last question. This was a very special question. It says, why is he the best husband and daddy ever? X-O-Wifey. 
<laughs> oh, your sweet uh, wife sent that in. So I, I was like, I got to make him blush you. on that one. Uh, so yeah. you're not only are you, you fighting. Were successful. The, yeah, you're not <laughs> only fighting the good fight for all of us, but you're also a daddy and a husband and we you're a hero. So thank you so much. We want this to be so successful. So again, for anyone who's listening and who will listen after I repost this, please Think about donating to this cause. This is not just about the city of Los Angeles. This will have, uh, it will make waves across the state and hopefully across the nation as well. It's a way to tell tyrants, we're not going to comply and we're going to take you to court because we have a constitution in our favor. And um, so please consider not only donating, but also getting the word out about Firefighters for Freedom. And um, it's at Firefighters, the number four Freedom. I'm going to post his website below as well. You can buy some cool swag. Um, but just this is something to get behind and to support um, people who are fighting the good fight for you and for your your children and for future generations. So um, would you like to leave us with anything, Jeff, as we round out this awesome conversation? I'm so thankful we got to have it. Um, no, I, I think I think everybody at least here, I think everybody understands the stakes and um, you know, this is super important and we would appreciate any support that you guys can lend us and, and telling your friends and family about us. And um, we really appreciate your platform and your voice because um, you're kind of helping us get our message out. So we just want to say thank you. Well, thank you. And I will keep uh, what, what you guys are doing, any movement in this case, I will be sharing it here. So please like continue just to text me whenever there are updates. Do you know yet anything about hearing time? Like when this, there could be a hearing um, date set. So in about uh, seven to 10 days, we're going to file the temporary restraining order. And then after we get the temporary restraining order, we move into the preliminary trials. Um, and there's no date set for that yet. So the preliminary trials um, will be first, um, it's a preliminary injunction hearing. And then from there goes the full lawsuit. So um, kind of step by step, but I'll, I'll definitely keep you posted on all those updates. So keep me posted and then I'll be keeping all of you posted. And um, we just really want to support you, be praying for you and um, be financially supporting you and getting what you guys are doing out to the masses so that the masses can get behind this. So thank you again, Jeff, so much. You like I keep saying, you're you're a freaking hero. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Okay, we will stay in touch. Thanks again. All right. Thanks. Take Bye. care. Bye. Thank you for joining us at the Table of the Resistance on the Rooted Wings podcast.